0: To wrap up National Infertility Awareness Week, I'm bringing to you the final bonus episode from the Pregnancy and Parenting in a Pandemic live series I recorded last year back in April 2020. Today, I'm showcasing fertility expert, Dr. Melissa Vandermissen. Dr. Melissa is a functional medicine chiropractic physician and a mom who operates a 100% virtual natural fertility clinic. She has been able to help many couples go on to conceive naturally through her unique techniques from the comforts of their own home. Just a reminder, because these were Facebook Lives, the audio is a little spotty and raw, and also note that this was originally filmed in April 2020 when, as we all know, COVID was such an unknown. Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima-Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. Welcome to The Mommy Pod. Today, I'm super excited to invite to the show, Dr. Melissa Vandermissen. She's coming from Michigan, and she's here today to share some natural fertility treatments that you can do at home and explain more about how she runs a 100% virtual natural fertility clinic. She's a functional medicine chiropractic physician. She has one, a daughter, correct? Yes. Yes. A daughter. (laughs) So welcome, Melissa.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Stephanie.
0: So I'd love for you to just give a little bit of background about your practice, what you do, and how you really got into this.
1: Sure. So a lot of women kind of assume that if if you're working in infertility, and this is something that you really enjoy and you were kind of brought into this that maybe I struggled with it myself, but it was it was actually quite the opposite with my husband and I where we didn't at all. But what happened to me is I I lost my health during that postpartum period, I was working full time as a chiropractor in a clinic, and I went back to work three weeks to the day after I had my daughter. So You being a mom of three, Stephanie, I know you're probably (laughs) thinking, oh no. So yes, (laughs) my personal health completely crumbled and that's when I I decided it was my time to pursue my certification in functional medicine and really go into this training full force because I've always had a passion for it, but it just never seemed like all those ducks were in a row where it was time for me to take a step into that whole functional medicine world until... I needed it myself and I had to work on trying to heal my body myself. So that's what I did. I had a baby and I decided that I was gonna go forward and get this additional training And starting a virtual clinic was not something that was super common. (laughs) Yeah, explain
0: kind of like even what that means. (laughs) Like, what is a virtual clinic? Because in my head, fertility clinics—you, you you know—you go in, you do all these blood tests, you see some like a specialist. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like hands-on things. So, what exactly is a virtual clinic?
1: Functional medicine, just like it sounds, like we're working with the function of the body, and this is in no way. Taking the place of a a medical doctor that's working on those structural things. Like I obviously cannot do ultrasound or different types of advanced testing because I'm not working with people, you know, face to face. So what we're doing is the same type of thing is our appointments are just like this through a zoom call and I can still do a ton of advanced testing. So I do hormone testing. I can order blood testing and just have it done at one of my clients, local labs. They can simply bring in kits or have the order waiting there for them. And you know, I get the results and I'm still able to review all those and go through all the objective findings, but we're just not meeting face to face. And that's the nice thing about it because you've mentioned I live in Michigan and I live in an extremely, extremely desolate part of Michigan. Apparently north of Canada almost. It's almost. So I'm almost in Canada, if you can hear from the way I talk. So it was just something that was kind of, I had heard about. And I thought, you know what? If I really want to do this and help as many women as I can, This is my only option because we don't have enough people for me to reach the masses where I am if I did a a brick and mortar standalone office up here. So I just kind of took the idea and ran with it and here we are today and I have thankfully been able to help so, so many women and couples conceive when they've been told that they have absolutely no chance of doing that, or they would have to be on medications or hormones or go through extensive procedures. But when we really get down to the function of the body and find out what the root cause to the infertility is, we can figure out how to fix that. And then their body will heal itself and they will go on to have that beautiful baby.
0: Let's talk about that a little because some people might not really understand what functional medicine is. And then also talking about getting to the root cause. So if you can talk about like, you know, what are some of the common root causes, if there are even any common ones, and what exactly is functional medicine before we getting into like what we can do in our own lives at home if we're trying to conceive?
1: So functional medicine is basically a a term coined for advanced testing or different types of natural health clinicians that it's it's almost difficult to explain, but it's really just it's it's digging deeper than you would get for from a standard medical professional, and so some of the things that women come to me with is they they've told me well I have hypothyroidism and my doctor said that's the reason why I'm not able to conceive or I have low progesterone or I'm not ovulating, and instead of me just saying oh okay well let's just you know try this or try that. I'm saying, well, why the heck do you have that in the first place? Why is your progesterone low? Why are you not ovulating? And why is your thyroid in a hypostate? And instead of just accepting those things and using maybe a medication or a hormone to try and cover those up, we're digging much deeper and saying, what the heck is the cause of these things? So, looking at different type of hormone testing, I actually have one of them that I use right here, ah. and it's called the Dutch test. So, it's a urine based hormone test where most women are used to getting, like you said, blood testing. This is looking at hormones in a completely different manner. It's looking at the metabolism of hormone also and how we're detoxifying our hormones. So, we get a much um, bigger picture of what's going on with the entire endocrine system so that we can determine what could be causing it. Some of the the tests that I do that people, when they hear that I, I do this, sometimes is maybe some of the first testing with my infertility clients is a, a gastrointestinal test, a stool test, a comprehensive <laughs> GI test. And you're probably thinking, why the heck would you do that with infertility, right? Well, I think that more and more people are hearing that the if the gut's not healthy, basically nothing's healthy. Well, I mean,
0: that, I think that's, I, I told you, so when Melissa and I, sorry, Dr. Melissa and I <laughs> met, I was, t- I was currently pregnant with my third child after my husband thinking my uterus was broken because the first two, it was so difficult to get pregnant. And I told her the one thing that I changed was I went on this program where I was trying to lose, not lose the weight, but eat healthier after having baby number two. Mm -hmm. And I said, I think that was the cause of me getting pregnant because all of a sudden my gut system, it was focused on really cleansing my body and cleaning out my gut and doing that Mm -hmm. helped me to get pregnant. Ironically. (laughs) <laughs> yes. uh, but, but working on that because I have PCOS I had early stage cervical cancer I had all of these mm-hmm. things I didn't even ovulate so it was like one of those things where the first two times it was hormones and other treatments in order to get pregnant versus actually figuring out why. And so I love that, that you do a stool test.
1: (laughs) Yes. It's not the most fun test in the world, but again, it's something that you can do at home. So you don't have to be running around to doctor's appointments because honestly, you're a mom. I'm a mom. Some of these women that are trying to conceive already have children at home. Who the heck has time to yeah. be running to appointments all the time. I mean, let's be realistic here. Right. I mean, right now we have a lot of time on our hands, but we're not. But you able don't to actually want to be. Yeah, I was like, exactly. you can't. You don't want to I- be going to these things. So I'm exactly. still able to work with all of my clients right now because the labs I use are independent labs. And I simply order the test kits, they get shipped right to my client. They do their whatever type of sample it is, urine, saliva, stool, right at home. It gets shipped right back to the lab. I get the results, re review them, and get them on a plan. They don't have to leave their house. So it's- not only safe right yeah. now, but it's super easy. And it's like a
0: 23 me kit. You just order it and send it back.
1: Exactly. It's the same type of concept. Mm-hmm. The labs are a little bit more right. prestigious than yes. than that. <laughs> exactly. Um, but the same type of concept. Absolutely. That it's just it's a pretty simple process when I actually explain it to people and the nice thing about this is these can be shipped outside of the u.s like i have a wonderful couple wonderful ladies that i'm going to be working with in ireland and i'm still able to take care of them over there thanks to shipping and technology nowadays
0: so back to sorry i diverged from the question (laughs) but i was wondering about the root causes you what are some of the common root causes you're seeing
1: gut? Like we talked about gut mm-hmm. health is, is huge. Another type of test that I do that, and it's not on every single person. I do a hundred percent personalized. So after we review a health history with my clients, then we determine what is going to be best for them moving forward. It's not a one size fits all when you work with me, but anyway, another type of test that I do quite often is food allergy or sensitivity testing, because a lot of the processes that happen within our endocrine system are actually disrupted when we have excess inflammation in the body. So someone could have an allergy or an immune response, inflammatory response to a food that they don't know. And it doesn't always have to be those common foods like gluten or dairy or, you know, all these refined sugars and grains that we know we should probably be avoiding or limiting greatly. Sometimes it comes back that they have an immune response to broccoli or spinach or eggs or, you know, sweet potatoes or almonds. These are healthy foods. These are Fertility superfoods. Every single one I just named is basically a fertility superfood. But for that specific person, it is not at all because it's creating an immune and inflammatory response in their body. And it could be disrupting a lot of different functions and hormone production or ovulation is one of those that it could be preventing or disrupting.
0: I want to take one of those tests just to know what I'm allergic to, because I feel like I have so many gut issues and things and doing elimination diets is really, really hard when you have three kids and stuff like it that. Is. I was, So yes. I was like, can I order one of those? Not for fertility, yes. just, and-
1: just to figure <laughs> out. <laughs> it, it, it is difficult to do the, you know, the elimination because yeah. again, it could be something that you would never think. How many people think that they could have an allergy to broccoli or mm. I had someone come up with beef and black wow. pepper, like black pepper. Wow. Yeah. Which is in
0: everything almost.
1: But that's actually a quite common allergen that I find mm-hmm. on a lot of tests. A lot of people are putting pepper on their food when they're making homemade healthy meals, not knowing that that could be a trigger for them.
0: Wow. Can you imagine eliminating black pepper and then finding out you can get pregnant because of that? That's amazing. So say, I mean, besides I guess right now we're all stuck at home and if say, you know, we want to work on ways to kind of increase our chance of fertility and we don't yet, you know, see a doctor or whatnot, what are some of these things we can be doing at home that can help boost our fertility?
1: So we'll start with diet. And again, without me knowing everyone and knowing their their test results, some of the, the things that you could be doing at home is just, again, eating a healthy diet. So trying to greatly limit or eliminate your refined sugar intake, because that's very inflammatory, and refined grains. Also, dairy is inflammatory for people, whether you have an immune response to it or not. So trying to really eliminate or greatly limit those things is going to help decrease your inflammatory levels. And then eating plenty of vegetables and fruits and healthy fats and lean protein. So a couple of the fertility superfoods that I really like to talk about, the cruciferous vegetable family is huge. And everyone's thinking, really broccoli and (laughs) cauliflower? Why is that like a, a superfood? So it's not only giving you nutrients, but the way that those work upon your liver is it's helping to Basically cleanse the liver, open up the detox pathway so that we can not only eliminate toxins, but eliminate excess hormones like estrogen. Because we hear a lot of women saying, I'm estrogen dominant, or they're estrogen dominant in relative to low progesterone. Well, eating cruciferous veggies on a regular basis can actually help decrease that estrogen dominance because it's allowing your body to eliminate that properly. Hmm.
0: And what about for progesterone? Because I know, you know, when you're a lot of people have like either low progesterone, Mm -hmm. I know at one point, they were like, you might need to take a progesterone shot or whatnot. Are there any foods that are linked to that?
1: So progesterone? Actually, when we before we got on the call, Stephanie, when you were (laughs) talking about the moon phases and stuff, Let's talk about moon phases a little okay. bit and seed cycling because seed cycling is something that can not only support healthy progesterone levels, but healthy estrogen levels and proper detoxification or metabolism of these hormones. So for women that are not cycling or amenorrheic, what the, the seed cycling paradigm or cycle would look like for them is starting on a new moon.
0: Which is today, guys. Which is
1: today. (laughs) Today is a new moon. And no,
0: we're not going to get super woo-woo-y on you, I promise. But...
1: (laughs) You know, it's something that I've even questioned myself, but through my own personal experience with conceiving my daughter on a full moon... And now that I've stepped more into a role of being a so-called healer or medicine woman, if you looked back into hundreds of years ago when they talked about the moon phases and fertility, I actually have switched now where I ovulate with the new moon instead of the full moon. So I'm kind of a believer in it now that I've seen it firsthand and personally. But anyway, so women that are really in their advanced fertility, Fertile stages, the best time to menstruate is with the new moon. So, women that are around their period right now, this is a great time to really, especially if you're looking to conceive. Those of you that are not, you probably don't want to jump on this bandwagon. So, women that are looking to conceive and you're right around that menstruation, what you would want to do starting right now with this new moon. Is consuming one to two tablespoons of flaxseed per day and one to two tablespoons of pumpkin seeds per day. And you will do this until ovulation, or for those that are not menstruating and they're not sure where they're at in their cycle, or if they have PCOS and they have really long cycles, then you would switch on the full moon because that is when we should be ovulating. Hmm. So one to two tablespoons of flaxseed, one to two tablespoons of pumpkin seeds per day. Do you
0: put that in? Because flaxseed, I mean, you use flaxseed and you mix it with water to replace almost egg. It has like a weird consistency. Where, like, do you just cook it in foods? Do you eat it? Or what's the best way to consume these?
1: The easiest way for flaxseed is honestly throwing it in a smoothie okay. because it covers it up, the taste. <laughs> I'm not keen on the taste of flaxseed. <laughs> And you you want it ground because humans do not really break down whole flaxseed. It's just the the covering is way too tough for us, and we're not absorbing the nutrients. So you want it ground. So whether you're, having whole flax seed and you're grinding it fresh or you're buying the ground flax seed and throwing it in a smoothie. Or like you said, you can use it as an egg replacement if you're going to go without eggs and you're doing certain recipes, baking or cooking. So that's honestly the easiest way. With pumpkin seeds, you wanna get raw pumpkin seeds and just snacking on them or throwing them on a salad or you can throw those in a smoothie too. One of the biggest things I, I try and stress is with raw seeds, they have to be refrigerated after you open that package. Hmm. Okay. Didn't know that. <laughs> yes, Because they will go rancid quick, especially ah. with flaxseed. So when you open my refrigerator door right there where normal people put their big gallons of milk, I have that completely full of seeds and raw nuts and mm. um, like my almond flour and hemp seeds and all that fun stuff.
0: Ah, Okay. So we're at the new moon. They yes. should be doing this. Then what?
1: So once we hit ovulation or full moon, we are going to switch to one to two tablespoons of sunflower seeds and one to two tablespoons of sesame seeds. Those are really going to help support healthy progesterone levels because of the nutrients in them. So with the flaxseed and the pumpkin seed, that's helping to support healthy estrogen levels. And then because estrogen is our dominant hormone during the follicular phase. So So also
0: eating broccoli and cauliflower during that time.
1: (laughs) Yes. To make sure that we are eliminating it. Flaxseed Mm -hmm. does help eliminate that also just with all the fiber in it, but then.
0: (laughs) Might as well take your uh, gut test at that time too. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Again, everything's tied together, right? As we're talking, it's starting to make more sense. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so we once we get to that luteal phase or after full moon or after ovulation, the sunflower seeds and sesame seeds are really going to help support those ha- healthy progesterone levels. And that's when our progesterone is going to be highest in that mid-luteal phase. So if we're thinking about a standard 28-day cycle, which not everyone has, but for the majority of us, we are around that. That's around day 21 where we should really be at our highest level of progesterone. So that's going to help with that.
0: Yeah, I had 40 day cycles if I even had that. And so
1: PCOS
0: PCOS, and so I didn't even know what I should plan to do anything because it, you know... (laughs) It was, it was a
1: crapshoot pretty much. Yeah. It's a, it's a guessing game, isn't it? Exactly.
0: And so, okay. So then you do that and you just kind of go through that with the moon. And so we have moon cycles and trying to do, and even if you're not on that, just to kind of use those seeds during those points Mm -hmm. that, you know, is there a way though, to try and sync up with that sort of natural seed moon cycle, or is it that just something that, yeah, I was just curious (laughs)
1: The more, honestly, the more that we connect with nature, the more that we will connect with the moon phases, our menstrual cycle will start kind of connecting with the moon cycle. It's true. Again, it's, it sounds kind of woo woo. But firsthand, I've seen the the effects of this. And it's pretty astounding. So a couple things is You know, going outside, watching the sunrise, watching the sunset, these are really powerful things, not only for just connecting with nature with the energy, but with our pineal gland in our brain that secretes melatonin, is knowing. when the light, the natural light is occurring. And then obviously when we hit nighttime, that's gonna help with our melatonin production, that's gonna help with healthy sleep, our circadian rhythm. There's so many things that are cyclic, especially with women, we are such cyclic beings. So yes, trying to connect with nature as much as possible, getting outside, if you're able to get on grass that's not been sprayed with a bunch of chemicals, take your shoes off, get your feet in the grass. Those of you that are lucky enough to be by the ocean, walk in the sand by the ocean. That's one of the most powerful things that you can do to really connect with with nature and with that energy source.
0: I wish we could do that right now. All our beaches are closed, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, so hopefully.
0: (laughs) open it some of the counties have but currently in LA County you cannot go to the beach okay so.
1: I wasn't but, sure where you guys were at with yeah with your county there's so I'm, many
0: different roles I mean you're in Michigan I don't even want to get started
1: with the poor yeah, things. we still going. have yeah, snow and ice on our lakes um so yeah <laughs> there's not going to be too much grounding for me right now it was
0: Interesting what you're saying about though, just uh, seeing the sunset and the sunrise, because I feel like that's also something you do with newborns. So for new moms who don't Mm -hmm. realize that your baby's cycles are actually off because they've been in you the whole time Mm -hmm. and it's dark, you want to show them into the sun and get them light during the day and then super dark at night. And it's like Mm -hmm. the same thing. I feel like that's just ingrained in us.
1: We kind of forget about a lot of these just simple, normal things as adults, because we are just on, we're so busy. And we don't always think about getting back to simplified, simple things and really connecting with nature. But it is pretty powerful, not only for Hormones and fertility, but almost every single process of our body. Right.
0: I was going to say that can help with stress, that can help Mm, with all mm. different things. You don't have to be right now trying to conceive in order to do these things. Yeah. I feel like those would even help. Well, I don't know if they boost fertility, so that would be bad, but- (laughs) If you have, say, bad periods and stuff because of these hormone imbalances, could you be doing stuff with your cycle also, eating certain things at certain times? Oh, absolutely.
1: (laughs) Seed cycling isn't just for fertility. That can actually help women get their cycle more balanced. Okay. I just obviously work with fertility. So that's something I incorporate with most of my ladies. But yeah, so it's not necessarily just for fertility reasons, but it's more for gaining a balance of hormone and cycle as a whole. So for instance, women that maybe are coming off of the pill and they're trying to kind of regulate their cycle naturally, mm-hmm. the seed cycling would be an amazing thing for them to do. That's great. Even if they're and not the- looking to conceive.
0: <laughs> and that's super easy to do at home. Yes, especially right exactly. Now.
1: <laughs> a simple, tangible thing that we can be doing at home. And I know that you had mentioned The word stress came out (laughs) as you were talking about connecting with nature. So stress is also something that is huge. And I understand right now that we are all pretty stressed with what we're going through. No matter where on the spectrum you are, stress is just something that's happening with us more right now than ever. But if we are more in a sympathetic state, and we have more emotional stress, or even more physical stress, if we're, say, we're working out really, really hard right now to try and combat some of that emotional stress, that works against our progesterone levels. So why Mm -hmm. do you think we have such an epidemic with women of low progesterone? Because we are all under way, way too much stress. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's almost stealing our progesterone through a lot of indirect ways. But yeah. You mentioned
0: just working out. Did you mean like also physically working out really hard? Because so do you think that that's not a bad thing, but I know a lot of women like to release stress, we're going to hit that Peloton and we're going to go for it for 30 minutes as hard as we can. Is that not a good thing then for our stress levels for all that?
1: Depends on where you are in your cycle. Sure.
0: So what could you do to combat that?
1: So going back to that, not saying that that's a bad thing. So a woman, if she's during week two of her cycle where her estrogen is starting to increase and that's also when our testosterone starts to increase in women, we do have testosterone and it's going to be at its highest level during week two with estrogen. So that's kind of a, a little biohack that we can do is that's the week that we want to get those, deep, those intense workouts on. If we want to do the HIIT workouts, or like you said, do some of the Peloton intense workouts or doing weight training workouts, that's the week that we're going to notice the biggest effect because our hormones are working mm-hmm. for us. But to be doing those types of things when we're menstruating, is working against us. That's actually going to make our body kind of hold on to things more and go in into a productive mechanism. So when we're menstruating, we should be doing walking and yoga and stretching and just much less intense workouts.
0: So I like that while well, you... You dropped like biohack in there and i was curious besides fertility stuff i'm interested you know i just had a baby postpartum and still my hormones are regulating and trying to figure out kind of all of that are there any biohacks for those women who are postpartum right now Um, especially being at home not being able to go to the gym or not being able to you know do a lot of things since we've been home so much are there any little biohacks that that you suggest to help our hormone levels, especially since they're so crazy postpartum?
1: You could be doing some of the seed cycling also, even if you're not menstruating, because not all women menstruate, depending on where you are postpartum, and if you're nursing, and so many different factors. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that you can be doing. And really working on deep breathing and activating that parasympathetic nervous system. So just working on breathing exercises, like actually thinking about breathing, in relaxing, these are big things that not all of us think about all the time. So it, it, the thing is, it really depends on on the person and if they're nursing or not, because they don't want to give out anything and someone do it and like, You know, their milk supply goes down or baby has any issues, but just feeding your body as much as possible and making sure you're getting plenty of healthy fats and iron, iron rich foods. So getting in Just like during pregnancy, iron rich. (laughs) Yes. Because we have to replace all these nutrients. There's something called postpartum depletion. It's a real thing. If women are not taking care of themselves, it can take years for their body to replenish everything that's lost during pregnancy. And if you guys
0: want to learn a little bit more about that, uh, Melissa had actually sent me an article from Goop on postpartum depletion, and it was Mm -hmm. incredible. And actually reading that helped change a lot of the things that I did to help me get out of that funk. Cause I mean, I remember I wrote that post and you reached out and I wanted to give you a virtual hug because (laughs) I was, I was struggling with just like all of the hormonal changes. So yeah, that article by Goop and he wrote a book too on postpartum depletion was really helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. So, thank you for that. Yeah. well, I know. wanted to
0: quickly touch on the fact that Melissa is also a mom and <laughs> you know, working from home and handling all of this, too. I just wanted to ask how how your life is going and if you have any sort of tips or tricks for parents out there right now.
1: Oh, gosh. <laughs> Today was kind of a shit show in the morning. I usually do, 30 minute calls and it ended up being like over an hour. But thankfully my daughter who is five is, she's honestly very self-sufficient. And so one thing that I do is I try not to set up super long calls when she's awake with me in the morning. So I try and have some type of a schedule. I am one of the luckiest women ever because my five-year-old still takes naps. (laughs) That's that's pretty
0: impressive. Mine mine will do like once a week and it takes negotiating.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, she naps every day for at least like two hours. What did you do to her? How did you get that to happen? She's (laughs) my child. She loves
0: sleep. (laughs) That's amazing. I wish there was a biohack for that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then she still sleeps a good usually 11 hours at night. So we're, we're a sleeping household with, with her, at least. <laughs> oh, so Dallas,
0: So how, yeah. How do you structure your day? Like, how is your, how do you stay productive right now? And I know you technically work from home to begin mm-hmm. with. So not too much has changed, but I, I would assume like school like changes in our yes, schedule.
1: School schedule because mm-hmm. she was doing half days. So I would drop her off at school and knew, okay, I've got about two and a half hours to pack all my stuff in. And that's what I would I would do. And then by the time it was time to go get her, I was done with most things. And I used to use her nap time is more of me time before where I would get my workout in and make sure I'm doing, you know cleaning up the house and doing some laundry and, you know, getting the meals set for for dinner and whatever I need to make for her because we are a pretty healthy household. We eat organic, no dairy, no gluten, no sugar. So it takes a lot of food prep just to keep everyone (laughs) on track. Um, Wow.
0: (laughs) You're like a whole 30 family, like all the time.
1: (laughs) Well, I can't say that I and my husband are a hundred percent, but she's, she's like a whole 30 most of the time, all the time. probably Um, why
0: she sleeps so well, to be honest, because her body's in like the most optimal state
1: <laughs> i'm saying this kid could her immune system is ready for for anything she does such a great job with being a hel- very very healthy intelligent little kid and not moody <coughs> either like she never went through terrible twos so what?
0: or three nature. No. So so how did you get her <laughs> to eat these things is my question because I can't get my 2-year-old to eat anything. Literally, she doesn't want anything. Even if I put it in front of her, leave her starve her whatever, <laughs> she still won't eat it. And so I'm curious, how did you get her to eat so healthy?
1: That's all she knows. So in when when we're pregnant, our babies can have they have a sense of taste of what we're eating. Starting and I think it has a lot to do with preconception throughout pregnancy, even when we're nursing, they have they know what they're getting and not that they know, but they're getting that that taste. So for someone that's eating a lot of sugary things and refined grains and such, I'm sure the milk and while you know, we're pregnant that's going to taste much different than someone that's eating a lot of greens and vegetables and healthy fats and such. So those were things that I really tried to incorporate when I was pregnant and nursing. And then when we did all of our introductions, she didn't have any type of fruit until after a year, because we did all vegetables and healthy fats during the first couple months of you know starting to incorporate solids so that that's what she had is the base she honestly didn't really like eating fruit I had to really push it at her because she didn't like that sweet taste and to the day her favorite meal if you asked her and she's five and I'm not lying at all like (laughs) anyone could come up to my five-year-old and she would say or if you asked her what her favorite meal is and she would tell you broccoli sweet potatoes and salmon wow and it's just because that's what we in, we incorporate. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of the the normal snacks, and not allowing her to have ice cream and cake and all these things, especially on the first birthday. I know that that's a common thing yeah. where your kid is supposed to have all these things. Well. She had like a a cake made from dates and coconut flour and eggs and stuff. You know, it was just, you know, a little bit different for some people, but that's what worked for us. And that's what really I wanted to incorporate because that's, that's what I preach. So if I don't practice what I preach, how can I, how can I tell someone else to do that if that's not how we are in our own household? So that's really important for me. So yeah, it was just, you know, they're going to eat what they're used to. And if they don't see what those other things are, they're not going to want that. Right. That's
0: amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I wish I had that. I mean, my son naturally does not like chocolate, like hates it. But then Mm -hmm. my daughter only wants chocolate. And I'm like, I don't even know. (laughs) Like... Yes. So wow. And so well, I'm glad you're doing well. And all of this is you're surviving. So I'm going to wrap this up with a question that you kind of basically answered, but I've been asking everyone is Mm -hmm. what is your number one survival tip to parents right now? So what is your number one tip to parents to how to survive this pandemic?
1: Get sleep. Get sleep as much as you can for for new moms that have babies. I know that's sometimes difficult. But one of the biggest things get to bed and get eight hours of sleep every night. It's going to make your day much more doable. You're going to be able to handle handle stressors much more easily if you're well rested. So really try and get sleep. If you got to take some extra magnesium to get some sleep, take an Epsom salt bath with that natural occurring magnesium to get that sleep, try and get sleep no matter what it takes because that's really going to help you handle your day much better
0: that's what I can't wait for the the mid midnight nursing to stop so that I can get sleep although she has been sleeping relatively well so I'm I'm happy about that the second one not at all never was a good sleeper so (laughs) but perfect well thank you so much for joining today those were so I mean that was so much information I'm I love it. So I'm going to have to actually try seed cycling, although I do not want to get pregnant. I, but I do want to kind of like regulate more. So thank you for sharing all of that.
1: Yes, Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for what you're doing. I think that this is amazing to really help spread the message and, you know, help as many women as possible right now, just kind of push through it and get through this and thrive.
0: That's my goal. I mean, whether you're pregnant, whether you're a parent, whatever that is right now is so tough. And actually, Mm -hmm. yesterday, I saw someone post like, check in on those also parents who have young kids, they need it too. And it's really like this whole series is just to help parents in some way or another, whatever they're going through. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day in order to be here.
1: Perfect. And like I said, it's nap time. So this is mom's time to get work done and get my stuff done. So it was perfect timing.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time.